to when cinephiles attack the weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship i'm mella here with josh Lacey, and rashawn what y'all up to what's everyone watching what are we doing nothing <laughs> <laughs> i started m night Shyamalan's servant on apple tv and it is everything you would expect from an m night Shyamalan project like <laughs> to a t it is scary weird uncomfortable i'm four episodes in and i am here for it (laughs) are you confused is it confusing it's not confusing no it's more suspenseful than confusing like i'm trying to figure out like the mystery of it uh, but not confused okay it's really creepy yeah i mean i haven't like watched it but i passed by when rashawn's watching it And it just has that like eerie look to it. It's unsettling is what it Mm. is. Like it's just the relationships are weird. The characters are weird. The storyline is weird. It's just unsettling and it's Mm -hmm. really good TV. Speaking of unsettling, uh, we watched The Little Things. (gasps) Oh yeah, how'd that go? With Denzi and Jared and uh, Rami. How's that? Um, I took a little baby nappy poo right in the middle. <laughs> That's how it was. I feel like Jared was in a different movie. Mm. Like he was, he was, he's going for the Oscar. He's got a prosthetic nose. So you are, he know, does. He's got a limp. He got a limp. He got fake teeth. He's got contacts. What? He, oh, he was acting. We watched it with Marla, our roommate, and she's the hugest Jared Leto fan ever. And Why? she's like, you know, 30 seconds to Mars, he's hot, what have you. Yo, 30 seconds goes, man. That's a great so, band. There you, there it is. But uh, she was like, I think he was really good. And I was like, I can't say that he was bad. I'm not going to sit here on this mic and say that he was trash. I just feel like Denzel was exactly, he mm. woke up, he had the paper under his arm, he learned his lines that day, and he did his Denzel thing. And Jared Leto was like preparing for like a fucking year. That's that's <laughs> where the movie is at. How was Rami though? He was the worst. <laughs> what? Oh, no. The worst? All just... of that, and you're gonna say Oscar winner Rami Malik was worse. <laughs> Oscar all winner. Three of them. All of them, all, yeah. All three of them have Oscar. Well, yeah, but I don't think he fit that part. I don't think he fit. He's playing like this young detective and Maybe he's 40 in real life, but sir, you look 31 on screen. And it just, I don't know. I just didn't think he was good. He just seemed like he had ulterior motives that no one knew about for some reason. Like the character or Rami? Rami. Rami. Like he had ulterior motives for being in the movie? Yeah. Like, I'm like, what is, what is that face? What is, you know, like when a character kind of has like a backstory it sounds like, like this we, was directed by three different people, depending on the way you describe it. Nah. Possibly. Possibly. I don't know. I, you know, I just want you guys to see it just so we could talk about it, but oh, not for it. enjoyment. <laughs> I love Rami, mainly because of Mr. Robot, but I love mm. Rami, so we'll see. I watched uh, Malcolm and Marie. Mm. Oh, how was it? Is that the show with Brian Cranston? Josh. Hmm? <laughs> That's Breaking Bad. <sighs> no, it's the prequel to Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say about Malcolm and Marie that it is gorgeous to look at. That's it? That's it? <laughs> Sam Levinson, who created Euphoria and is the son of Barry Levinson, is the writer and director. And he has a bone to pick with critics. Oh, this is the one that she called like her dream role. Yeah, they shot it this past summer, I believe, during the pandemic. 
and uh, he is using two black actors as a mouthpiece to kind of rage against movie critics and it is just it was a very frustrating watch for me really yeah it's it's a relationship drama and they they are at odds throughout the entire two-hour movie so if you if you like cassavetes if you like who's afraid of virginia wolf i mean it's in that same vein but i did not particularly enjoy that dang that's a bummer but but watch it yeah for sure yeah do you think we'd like it don't i know you're like yeah i'm gonna watch it you're not gonna like it oh damn shit. (laughs) (laughs) well speaking of things that i do love yeah what are we fighting about today guys hello what's up josh we got a diablo cody double feature yes we do yes we do we watched juno hey what's the prognosis fertile myrtle minus or plus there it is little pink plus sign is so unholy that ain't no etch-a-sketch this is one doodle that can't be undid home skillet just tell him i'm pregnant who was the father it's polly bleaker polly bleaker i didn't think he had it in i know right <laughs> did you see that coming yeah but i was hoping she was expelled her into hard drugs or a dwi anything but this i could like have this baby and, and give it to someone that like totally needs it you should look at the penny saver they have ads for parents yeah desperately seeking spawn so juno is a 2007 coming of age comedy drama directed by jason reitman and written by diablo cody it stars elliot page michael sarah jennifer garner jason bateman allison janney and jk simmons Juno tells the story of Juno McGuff, a precocious high school junior in Minnesota who faces all challenges and difficult decisions that come with an unplanned pregnancy. Y'all, let me tell you a little bit about my my history with Juno. I was obsessed with this movie before it even came out. I don't exactly know why, but When I tell you that I watched the trailer, like any moment I could, I did. And I think it's because in Laredo, we only had one um, movie theater. So we wouldn't get all of like the new releases and definitely not indie films. So I had to wait for like months to get it, even though it was out already. And I was like, dude, I will fucking drive to the nearest biggest city to fucking watch Juno because I am all in and I didn't really know who Elliot Page was at the time I kind of knew ish Michael Sarah like I didn't really know who these people were but the trailer had me and I think I was also into the soundtrack big time girl that soundtrack was the soundtrack of my high school life Sitting on the couch watching, rewatching it now, I was like, I remember all of these indie folk songs. I'm going to sing along the whole time. It just, it hits different. It hits different. I knew all the words. I didn't know that. I like had to hold back. I was like, I'm not going to quote this movie. I'm not going to sing the songs because it's going to get really annoying. And I don't know how Rashawn feels about it. (laughs) (laughs) I do now, but. I was like, I'm just going to let him watch this. But I think this movie, to me, when it came out, I had never really seen a high school movie with people who aren't super good looking. They're just average people doing fairly average things. Yes, teen pregnancy happens. And their parents aren't super hot. And it's a stepmom and just a regular old balding dad. And... It just seemed like an something that could actually happen, and I was all about it. Don't forget about Liberty Bell. Uh, LB. <laughs> <laughs> Little chunky baby. What is she up to? At <laughs> Where us. is she now? LB at us. She's like um little Kylie and Mean Girls, just a little. <laughs> like we're we're all where's, hoping she's well. Where's their buddy comedy, dude? Right. Fuck. But. I, I, Rashawn, I see your face over there. 
with the purse my, clips. My face is my face, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What's the tea? Oh, you guys. <laughs> you what? cannot. Be nice, you guys. No. No. Well, whatever. <laughs> if I'm gonna be three to one, I don't give a shit. Whatever. I, no one's. I'm gonna start this to off. One. I'm gonna start this off by saying that I think Juno is a good movie. Can I get that out of the way? Because it's gotten me into trouble last time, a few other times, where I have Every some things time. to say about a movie, but I've never said that the movie is bad. I said one. I'm sorry, Josh. I said one. I'm going to start this off by saying I don't think Juno is a bad movie. Okay, but... Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman made one of my favorite movies of all time later. Mm-hmm. Juno does not work for me. Pero por qué? Why? Tell me why. The level of the word that I'm going to use, which was just prevalent throughout the latter 2000s, makes me sick. And that word is quirk. I cannot do it at all. Rashawn. Take New Girl is like your favorite show. New Girl's... Rashawn, I am one of your best friends. What is the first word you would use to describe me? A lady. (laughs) No, stop it. No, I'm quirky. I'm fucking weird. Moving on. You're not, you're not weird, weird. You're not hamburger phone for the sake of it, weird. Can I tell you how badly I wanted a hamburger phone? Still want it. Still want it. Still want it. I can tell you who didn't. You. What, so, what's the difference between Juno Quirk and Jennifer's Body? Quirk? Come on, Josh, bring it up. You what is quirky about? What's quirky about Jennifer's Body? It's the same shit, just no, in a horror, with a horror movie veil over it. They're, well, then the, let's go back to last week, and you guys take back all the shit you said. No, because I I specifically said in Jennifer's Body the weird dialogue that Diablo Cody is so good at didn't fit that world as much but this it does not use, fit this world for to me. you what the fuck to <laughs> use your fit. defense in jennifer's body it's diablo cody is not trying to put juno into our world it's its own little world or people talk like this no this this movie is takes place in the real world jennifer's body does not but the thing is it seems feel, like a double standard i think yes it does take place in the real world Oh, but the difference is everybody in this movie talks like that. And it just, mm-hmm. I think they just do it better in this movie. And not not That's... everybody even. JK doesn't talk like that. Allison Janney doesn't talk like that. Hillary Swank definitely doesn't talk like that. Hillary Swank? I mean, <laughs> Jennifer Garner, sorry. He's like, this is Million Dollar Baby episode, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> that was weird. That was I wasn't sure if you were I was pulling confident. a Groundhog Day situation on no. us. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Jennifer Garner doesn't talk like that. Only I know, and and that's like the that. thing. That's the thing. The what I latch on to in Juno are these beautifully tender human moments, and I think the movie, in my opinion, does itself a disservice by giving so much of that to Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman because those are the moments where I am like hooked into the movie because there's emotion and pathos there. And then as soon as you leave that house, people are talking about prego my egos and shit. And I can't do it. I cannot. (laughs) I'm going to pull back to my side because I fucking love this movie. I loved it. And I I was not sure how I was going to retake it because I haven't watched it in years. As well as what I said about Jennifer's body, I think Diablo Cody is very specific voice and i think she's a very good writer but i think she's an excellent adult writer i think she's really good at writing adults because diablo cody can write all these quirky lines and elliot page is so good and was so good at ripping them off Mm -hmm. that almost became a crutch i could see someone thinking that but i think the adults are so well-rounded and well-written and fleshed out that I almost like it more watching it as an adult now than when it first came out. I'm going to tap in and I'm going to say that I have to agree with you, Roshan, watching it now. The storyline I cared about the most was Jennifer Garner and Jason Bateman. 
that's mm-hmm. where the heartbeat of the movie was for me, watching it now as a 31-year-old. However, when it first came out, watching it as a 16, 17-year-old, that was the first time I felt like I saw myself on screen and I saw my friends on screen in a real world high school situation. Every teen movie we had been exposed to up until then was teeny boppy, you know, confessions of a teenage drama queen. And Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, Mella, like every teen movie was these hot, plasticky, mean girl teen movies. So to see a movie like this at that age, I turned to Josh as we were watching it this time around, and I was like, I hated Jennifer Garner's character when I was 16, 17. I was like, she's so mean. Like, she's mean to everybody, and she's just so focused on this baby. She's not having that human connection with anybody. And this time around, I was like, I will kill someone for Jennifer Garner in this <laughs> movie. I think it depends on where you're at in life what hits with you and I think that's why this movie is so great because it reaches such a wide spectrum of viewers I was reading Jennifer Garner was saying that she wanted to play her character cold Mm -hmm. but then it was she had I guess a light bulb and she was like I felt like there was like no human side of her so that's why she kind of like warms up at the end and kind of like what you said is like I never really thought about that when I was watching it at 16 but then when I watched it now at 30 I'm like yeah she's not cold she's for real she's a grown-up she she's type a she's type a she knows exactly what she wants and you know there's also like a a sadness where it's like she knew she was going to get a baby at one point and then it fell through her fingers so it is a total different watch like a whole 15 years later. Dude, it's crazy how did I like watching as a teenage boy when I watched it when it first came out. Elliot Page is quirky and and cute and cool. And oh man, Jason Bateman, he's too old, but all right, man, whatever. Now again, rewatching, it's like, dude, (laughs) whoa, it's, it's, and then that might be a testament to the performances and to the writing and to the directing that like, it is truly a completely different movie watching it now. Yeah. Right. Rashawn? What? <laughs> I mean, 2007, 2021, I walked away with two words, and I was Jennifer Garner. Always. Yeah. Always. Like, that's that was beginning and end for me. Well, I'm sorry you were a better teenager than we were. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> Also, I'm, and this is not a negative or a slight against the movie, as we have said many, many times. This is fine. This is not a knock or a critique. This movie is white as hell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's totally fine. I can still relate and still have an emotional attachment to the movie. And I still do. Mm -hmm. But I don't see myself in this movie at all. Mm -hmm. I don't see myself in Juno. And I don't see myself in Jennifer Garner's character. And that's fine. But I still feel everything that the movie I think is going for. Once I get past the first 30 minutes or so, those first 30 minutes are rough for me. I have to be honest. Her going, drinking the OJ, going to see fucking Dwight. I I, like (laughs) all of the, everything that comes out of everyone's mouth is just so, oh my God. I will say, I remembered those, again, I thought back fondly about those lines, like Rain Wilson's lines, what's Bob and Fertile Myrtle or whatever, but re-watching them, it it was okay. I was like, okay, whatever. Until he said home skillet, mm-hmm. and for some reason, it felt like it was supposed to be a black dude, and they're like, it'd be funny if it was Rain Wilson. Do you know what I mean? I think so. uh, like, it not, it was, I don't it, know. it felt like it was written as Craig well, Robinson. Let's, let's find a white guy pretending to be a black guy and then give it to the whitest guy we know. I mean, you you guys said that the dialogue between Jennifer and Needy was so off-putting because people just don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is like all over this movie. Yeah, I, and like, that's why it works because they no because you said it didn't work it. last time. Because I think it's not just Jennifer and Needy; it's everybody. 
everybody has this kind of like weird Josh just said not everybody not talks if like they're that. not supposed to. Like Jennifer Garner's character isn't supposed to. You're making the same argument I made last week and you guys raked me over the coals. No, my my argument was I don't think Jennifer and Amanda Seyfried do the dialogue well. I think they're both fantastic actresses, especially Amanda Seyfried. But when it comes to like quippy dialogue, I mean, Elliot Page, Michael Sarah, Allison Janney, that's like a murderer's row, being able to deliver cute, quippy dialogue. It's kind of hard to go up against that. Yeah, I mean, and this whole episode, I'm arguing, again, not against the quality of the movie. I mean, it, best original screenplay, best actress. I, it's, I get it, it's a classic, but it just makes me, like, the soundtrack, I'm so sorry, Lacey. <laughs> burns me up like i can't that's that's the soundtrack of lacy by the way i know and i'm just she's so mad i know (laughs) but it just it does not hit for me etal i get lacy because we we were teenage girls watching this movie and listening to this these types of songs Mm -hmm. so when these types of songs were the soundtrack to a movie that we already knew we were gonna love, it was I like feel our seen. I, yeah, I was me. just exploding. <laughs> but when I was watching it now, I was trying to watch it with like new eyes. Possibly the soundtrack can be a little bit much, but nope. No. I think it. I think it works for this type of movie. Agree. A quirky indie about a teenage girl. So my one hang up, the, the movie is, was and is advertised as Ellie Page and Michael Sarah, this sort of quirky teen romance that gets a wrench thrown in because Juno gets pregnant, whatever. Mm-hmm. You remember the chair sex and you remember the, the sweet makeup scene at the end on the track, whatever, whatever. Michael Sarah's not in this very much. I had that same thought. Juno decides that she does love Bleaker after that fantastic scene with her dad, with J.K. Simmons, you don't see it much. You kind of see it a little bit at the beginning, of course, and then there's a, there's a hint of it in the middle when, when she visits him and he's sitting on the floor in his room mm-hmm. with his race car bed. Mm-hmm. But that was the only thing I walked away with was like, oh, there wasn't as much Michael Sarah as they make it seem in this. Do you feel like his character needed to be in it more to show the love was that the hang maybe i don't but i don't know what i would have replaced i don't know what i would have cut out i i found myself thinking halfway through the movie what journey are we on yeah and i and i still don't know if i'm completely sure about i this is maybe my third time seeing it but i don't know what juno is headed towards until that really great scene at the dinner table when she tells her dad i need to know that there's somebody for everybody but the most of the middle of the movie is her getting a little too close to a married man and the, and there's a lot of time in that house mm-hmm. it's so, that's most of the movie yeah that's a lot of the movie and i didn't remember it that way Mm-mm. Mm-mm. i honestly and so, didn't either yeah when you get to the end i was just like oh i knew the movie ended of course with them on the stoop singing and it's so beautiful and sweet but i but the movie getting Wait, there hold up what are they doing at the end they're on singing the and playing the guitar yeah like, like si- singing an indie folk song like that was on the soundtrack that's that's not that and candy was, corn shit that's playing it it all, throughout the rest of the movie and lovely thanks for that sure. song thanks. yes that song <laughs> but every time juno's running home from school they're like there's a bird in the feather and the feather is a brick and the brick is a and i'm just like what are you talking about please stop that is <laughs> please that stop is, no <laughs> like no absolutely not get that not. remix dude <laughs> jesus new theme song oh my God. it's just so it's it's <laughs> overload after like after Napoleon Dynamite and Little Miss Sunshine, I feel like they just stirred that shit up and poured it all over this movie, and I, it's too much for me. Dude, and I ate it up. We I talk know. about the Elliot Page Renaissance that was the mid to late two thousands, from like Hard Candy to Juno to mm-hmm. X Men. We were blessed. 
<laughs> when we you still guys are blessed. Yeah. When you guys watched yeah. this, did you think they were going to blow up or did you think this was going to be the movie? Elliot? Uh-huh. Elliot had star power from jump Absolutely. jumping off the screen. Once they were nominated, I was like, "Oh, it's it's, it's over. Yeah. They're going to be huge." I want to talk about Allison Janney in this movie. Please. Yes. Dude. I mean, she's phenomenal in this, but it's the perfect mixture of an an incredible actress doing an amazing job and a character that is small but so well written all throughout the movie she calls juno you know you're my stepkid my stepkid my stepkid my stepkid through the whole thing and it's not until juno's giving birth that she turns and she says my kid needs the spinal tap she's always a great mom she's always there she's always supportive she's like all right we need the prenatal vitamins we need this we need that but that ownership in that moment of my kid needs help now. It like really got me this time around. I think it's such an incredible written and performed version of a stepmom because a lot of times stepmoms you either see they're kind of they're kind of they're always hiding with the husband, they're kind of mean to the kid or they're always super overbearing, they're trying way too hard. She is the stepmom, yes, but she's also matronly. She loves Juno, she's going to take care of Juno, but there's always that there's always just a tiny speed bump until she'll defend Juno if a if a ultrasound technician gets sassy with her, but she'll also tell Juno she's being a dumb idiot. She's so good in this and I can't get over it. Diablo nails a mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, from mm-hmm. from Juno all the way through Tully, I think anytime she writes a mother, it's just so damn it's, good. She writes women who we have all met in real life. Mm-hmm. I mean, even to Jennifer's body, where Jennifer is like this super hot chick, it's still a real person. Down to Tully, who is Charlize, who she can make look like a frumpy mother. She writes these characters, and I think this is why, how I said in the beginning, I love Juno so much, is that everybody looks normal and average, just Mm -hmm. like everyday life. I'll be really anxious to watch this, you know, again, when I'm in my 40s with kids. Like, I think that's also a testament to the writing and the performances in this movie is that I identified with it at 16 with Juno. I identify with it now at years old with Jennifer Garner. And <laughs> you literally said your age earlier this episode. I have said my age 85,000 times on this podcast. Damn it. I'm 31 and proud. And I'll be interested to watch it, you know, as an older woman with kids and see how I identify with Alice and Janney throughout. It's so well done. And it's so exciting to see a film with generational women like there's something for every generation of women in this in this movie it's kind of interesting because Rashawn's also right that like this movie is a time capsule you could show this to someone like in gen z and they probably wouldn't fucking care that's why i'm i'm in gen z that's why i don't get it Mm, no (laughs) no no grandpa thank you josh grandpa (laughs) Gen Z does not stand for the last and oldest generation, sir. That's painful. <laughs> like, it's like a moving time capsule. Like, it's something that it's it's a very millennial movie that like millennials and even Gen Xers can kind of take with us as we get older and kind of start to. I'm no longer a Juno. I'm a Vanessa. You know, I'm no longer a Bleaker. I'm. I'm Rain Wilson's character. Yeah, I'm about <laughs> like, to say, don't say you're Jason Bateman, babe. <laughs> Please don't say that. It's very interesting that it, it is a time capsule into late, mid to late 2000s, this sort of indie movie, but also who we identify with morphs as we get older too, which is really interesting. She has a really great, I think, trilogy of that. Like if you were to watch mm. Juno as you were a, teenager young adult when you're a woman and tully when you become a mother she's mapped out a really great journey through being a woman i just i side more in like the middle with the young adult obviously i'm biased (laughs) (laughs) young adult is fucking masterpiece but pat maybe i I do want to say i think jason bateman has a really difficult tricky part that he plays really really well yeah 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he has to be, for lack of a better word, he has to be the antagonist or the villain of the film, right. but he never plays it as a bad guy. Dude, that... I mean, he's a fucking pedophile, honestly, but you, he can't ever come across like that. No. The moment he comes across that way, then you, not only do you not like him, but then you immediately don't root for Juno anymore because the way it's structured now, it's like, Juno, you're you're being a dumb kid. Stop it. You're being a dumb teenager. But like, you never fault her because he's never being explicitly malicious or bad. From an outside viewer, yes, he's being gross and slimy, but he's never doing something super straightforward. Right off the bat, it's icky to me when he goes upstairs to... Why are you going upstairs when she's in the bathroom? In the first like place. from off the bat, it's you're done, you're bad. But he never he downplays every single beat, and it's just so human and and natural, and I, I love it. And as a sixteen year old girl, like I mean, that's what the whole conversation between Elliot and Alice and Janine is. Is I'm just like he's gonna have my kid like in the future. Like I just want to be around them. I want to get to know them. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like you don't understand the barriers and the rules that there are. There's a different dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. He plays that really well because as a 16-year-old girl, I was like, what? They're just like hanging out and like he's sharing the things that he can't share with his wife. She doesn't let him share those things with her because she doesn't support him. And now I'm like, you are so gross, dude. Like this, (laughs) this is a pregnant 16 year old girl oh yeah i just yeah again generationally how how you view characters in the movie is crazy i want to give props to this movie that i i put an issue with in jennifer's body juno had fantastic thermal consistency i was gonna whatever (laughs) it did i did think about i mean you remember the track that it went from cold and brown leaves to fully snowy to melting snow to uh, early spring to then the flash forward to summer. I'm pretty sure they shot all of this in Canada too. Yeah, I think they did. And you know what never changed? The length of Michael Sarah shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you've those things you've, were itty bitty the whole time. But you've you were married to a Minnesotan. You've seen Minnesotans. Unless there is frost on your tongue, Minnesotans will wear shorts. Yes, in the winter. <laughs> period. I you know I actually I was gonna say pleasantly surprised, but no I I'm. I knew that Rashawn was going to have a little bit of an issue and that Lacey was going to eat it up. What do you think? Yeah. What do you think I was going to think of it? I thought you were going to like it. No. Because the comedy in it, I feel like just from what you've told me about stuff you would watch with the boys in high school, I feel like this was (laughs) one of them. Yeah. Dude, again, in high school, I... Rain Wilson was my favorite part in high school. And now rewatching it, I side with Rashawn. I was like, that's that was too much. Oh, my favorite, 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 favorite exchange in the whole movie. Why I think they should both have Oscars, Elliot and Jennifer. They go over for the first meeting with the lawyer and Greta? Jennifer. Yes. And <laughs> they sit down. Finally, Jennifer asks her how she feels asks her if she has morning sickness and she says oh no like a little bit in the beginning but whatever and she's like oh you're lucky this isn't you and there's a quick moment in jennifer's eyes where she kind of just like looks down and everyone in the room takes it in and i was like why was she not even nominated what the fuck she's doing unbelievable in this movie man this is kind of vanessa's story it is. Vanessa has yeah. more of a journey and more of an arc in this than Juno does, I think. Yeah. Something very yeah. sweet I noticed watching it this time through, too, is one, the note that Juno leaves for Vanessa is on a yellow receipt. Mm-hmm. And then when Vanessa shows up at the hospital to get the baby, she's wearing yellow, which Aww. I she like. wanted to paint the room yellow. And the baby yeah. room is yellow. Yeah, she she because she still didn't know what gender it was until she went to the hospital. So she wore yellow. She wanted to be neutral. She wanted it to be open. I mean, yeah, I, I'm saying I want it to be called Vanessa, but then she made Tully, so I need to hush. So it's fine. <laughs> I mean that that moment between between Bren and Vanessa at the end. Uh, how do, how I, do look? I look? Oh, uh, that's the movie. See, toss get that hamburger phone out of here. No. <laughs> no, we want Get the it out. Phone. I want it. 
I want the hamburger. Fo- and here's what I will say for all of the the quirk and the and the extreme language. And I mean, Juno herself is a very outrageous character, like to the mm-hmm. extreme, even amongst her her friends at school. Like that character is very heightened. But I am here for it all the way through because of that final moment after Juno gives birth mm-hmm. and Michael Sarah wraps his arms around her in the hospital bed and Juno's crying and not only is her body experiencing a trauma, but she's a 16-year-old who's now experienced motherhood to an extent but knows that's not for her and... Like, that moment, you see all that raw, honest death in that character. And that, I mean, that scene sold me. Don't you think it would have been a little more effective if we had seen them kind of discuss the baby a little bit more? Nope. Them, Bleaker and... Bleaker and Juno. Juno? I Because I, I get, we get that he figures it out because she's has a voiceover, but I never really get the moment when he makes the decision to stand by her yeah that's that's something that's that's kind of where i was at where it's like i wanted a little bit more bleaker maybe a little less mark i didn't though i didn't because one it's not his story he was not involved for the nine months they were not speaking to each other he was not like involved with the pregnancy he wasn't interested in the baby like that wasn't anything important to him what mattered to him was his relationship with juno and you get all of that you get all of that by him he wins like the voiceover at that meet is like bleaker has you know set the record for blah 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 blah. he looks around realizes she's not there and leaves like doesn't wait for his award like she's the priority above all else and yeah i guess in a in a movie about Juno and Bleaker, that moment would be much bigger and that would be the climax of the movie. Mm-hmm. But we already got our moment with Ren and Vanessa and Juno and Ren. And then this moment with Bleaker is kind of like an afterthought. And it almost reads, this might be an unfair reading of it, but it also, it almost reads like she had the baby, the baby's gone. I need to go tend to her. And I, that almost kind of feels not right to me. I disagree with you, though. I disagree. I don't think it's, I don't know, maybe I'm like stepping over my own words right now. I don't think it that it's, I, now I need to tend to her because the baby's gone. I think it's like he's making the conscious choice of like, we're giving it away. Like, you've made the choice that you want to have it adopted. I think that pain is too deep, too, even for 16-year-olds where you don't like realize the real gravity of the situation Elliot does, Juno does, because her body is experiencing it and she was yeah. one with that child. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I was never a teenage boy, so I don't know. But his, the representation of him throughout this whole movie, I think, is so spot on for a scared, awkward, 16-year-old little boy. But his How- fear, his fear is never rooted or grounded in the baby. His, his fear is in juno rejecting him yeah and and him going to the dance with it so i don't i don't buy that his decision to run to the hospital like he doesn't he doesn't care about her decision whether to keep the baby or not she goes to his room and she's like yeah i got these really cool people they're gonna take the baby and that's it all of his entire emotional journey is about whether or not juno loves him but we don't get any of that I like think the we last get enough not for me <laughs> I got more than an I got what I needed from that storyline. I think you got some really great screenplay moments, but I don't think that it's supported fully with their relationship. Yeah, like oh, I said, I would I would have I would have <laughs> traded a little bit of Mark for Bleaker, just a little. Yeah, I think their their confrontation at the locker is so good. It's mm-hmm. a, it's incredibly acted, and then that's it. Like, we don't get any more of them until yeah. he runs to the hospital. Well, and their confession, the I love you scene on the track, too. Oh, yeah. She's, sorry. She does apologize to him. Yeah. yeah. To 
<laughs> to cool the heat a little bit in the room. I, this is I what like... happens when Rashawn and I argue. It's like, well, I disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is actually kind of peaceful. <laughs> the listeners don't have to turn their volume down. Sorry. <laughs> From Juno going into labor saying, dad, dad, on, I think Diablo does such a good job of giving everyone one last moment. Obviously, Juno gets hers. Vanessa and and Bren get that beautiful moment in in the nursery. Michael Sarah gets his moment, and J.K. Simmons gets that moment of you know you're going to be here again on your own terms, mm-hmm. petting Juno's hair. Every character gets a nice little bow at yeah. the end of the movie, and I'm it's so good. Not me fucking crying. Josh is like telling this right now. <laughs> I love every single person in this movie. I just think. There's like there's a disconnect between the story of Juno and Bleeker and Juno and Vanessa. And I, I don't think it's completely balanced for me. Yeah, I'll take that. I liked it. <laughs> Marla, say say the line before this gets violent. You just called Did I call it wait, did I just call did her you Marla? Just call her Marla? Marla? Dude. She is not on this podcast. What is wrong with me today? Uh, you can call me Hillary Swank though. Ooh. Why? She has an Oscar. Big old titties. She has <laughs> two. You guys want to play a game? Yeah. No. More than anything. I want to play a game. All right, everyone. Gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. guessing game. Come on, boy. Boy, play with me. Riddle me that. The name of this game... She's already cracking I up, God, dude. If you say trivia, she's already cracking up. Did you know? You know. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Y'all be getting on me for the corny shit. Uh, you, so, Rashawn, as the founder of all this, do I need to turn in a two weeks resignation before I quit, <laughs> or just can I can I quit? I'll I'll accept what just happened. As <laughs> y'all gonna like this motherfucking game. It is a trivia. I'm sorry, Lacey, oh but everyone has a chance. Everyone has Lacey a chance. Lacey almost won this. last week. And you've been winning every single fucking time. And we'll continue to do so. Next question. Yeah. Say the title of the game again, like a game show host this time. This is Do Juno Juno. <laughs> the birds and the feather and Play- the feather on the birds. Yeah. And the, <laughs> yes. the feather and the birds. <laughs> Sing right to my soul, Mella. Okay, so there is, let me see here. We got four questions. The first question, we're just going to hop right into it. You can get up to 12 points for this Damn, question. No shit. Are you guys ready? <laughs> no. Yeah. Several actors in Juno have appeared in movie adaptations of comics. Can you name the actor, the movie, and the person they played in the comic. I saw Josh go first. You can name as many as possible. Okay. If not, whoever can get it jumps in next. We're not going to get it. Okay. Elliot Page, of course, plays Shadowcat in X-Men The Last Stand and X-Men Days of Future Past. We have J.K. Simmons as the incomparable J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man franchise. We have, oh, Rain Wilson in, uh, in, what's it called? Oh, no. Ooh, I know. Oh, no, I can't think of it now. Would you like to step in, Rashani? Yeah, go oh, for yeah. it. I'll take my, I'll take my six points. Rain Wilson is in Super? Is it just Super? Ah. That's okay, because I actually didn't have that one, so... <laughs> That's a bonus. That's a bonus. But I do know what you're talking about. So yes. Okay. Um, Jennifer Garner played Electra Nashos. Oh duh! I forgot about in Daredevil. Yes. Didn't I use Daredevil for last week's six degrees? <laughs> yeah. yeah. God damn it. Uh, Jason Bateman was in Hancock. Uh, he ain't super though. Okay. Yeah. I no. thought. Oh, is this just people that have played superheroes? Because you didn't say that. I didn't say that, so I'll give it to you. What? Thank you. And oh. then we have Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah. 
And that's all I know. That's all I have. So congratulations, Josh and Rashani for that round. Six points each. Six points. Let's go. Okay, I hope you guys are writing them down because I'm not. Question two. What? If you don't write them down, host. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question two. Are we ready? Yes, ma'am. You guys got this. Elliot Page stars in the Umbrella Academy, written and created by lead singer of My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way. Name a rock band that has been influenced by the movie Juno to title one of their songs, East Jesus Nowhere. This is multiple choice. A, No Doubt. B, Green Day. Or C, Good Charlotte. Josh? I want to say Green Day, but Good Charlotte also sounds right, too. So you, know, you didn't know. He just raised his hand. I, That's his strategy. Day. I'll say Green Day. Can you name the album for a bonus point? Probably American Idiot. No, that's incorrect. Does anyone else want to guess? No. <laughs> 21st Century Breakdown, and it's an album that came out in 2009. Fuck. Wow. Come on, Lacey. <laughs> I'm, have, I'm just enjoying the view. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. Towards the end of the movie, Bren played by Alex and Janney, takes Juno's little sister to her taught ice skating class. Ten years later, Allison went on to win an Academy Award for playing a mother pushing her young daughter into ice skating. What movie was it? Lacey! I, Tanya! Yes! For one more point, can you name the year she won? I'm going to give her five. 2018. No, that's incorrect. Rashadi? 2017. Yes, that's correct. It was wow. 2017. Wow, that seems so long ago. Last I'm on the question. board with one You're point. On the board. <laughs> question four. Because Juno liked to talk on a hamburger phone, the Blech. studio thought it would be a fun marketing ploy to send out promotional hamburger phones. You can Yo. buy your own hamburger phone on Amazon for a price. A. $250 with 59 cents, B, $50 and 38 cents, or C, $19 and 59 cents. Josh? I'm going to say B. A seems, it's got, it's going to be A. I already said B. Fuck! B, $50 and 38 cents, you're saying? Yes, I already said it. I think it's A, though. That is incorrect. Does anyone yeah. else want to guess? Lacey? Is that A? $250.59? Yeah. That is incorrect. God damn it, Rashawn. You can purchase your own hamburger phone <laughs> on Amazon for the low price of $19.59. I would like to guess. Can, <laughs> can, someone, no. ex- can someone explain to me how Rashawn just broke him and I's tie with the hamburger phone question? After he spent this whole goddamn episode talking about how dumb hamburger phones are. You know what that's called? Growth. <laughs> Whatever. Well, congratulations, Josh. Josh Kamikaze again. himself. Again, you won. You don't even like the damn movie. <laughs> See what happens? See why I started my argument the way that I did? Yes, yes, yes. You said it's a good movie, but you didn't like it, meaning you don't like good movies. I did not say I didn't like it. I said the quirk does not work. The The quirk don't work for me. Hey, roll the tape. Wrapping things up. I guess I'm speaking for Lacey, myself, and Josh. I think this is a time capsule of a movie. I loved how neatly you put that. We all want hamburger phones for our birthday. Yup. Rashawn won't be getting one. Nope. Um, But I will be getting him the soundtrack because it slaps. Yup. And... I praise the movie more than you did, Carmela. Eat my ass. <laughs> if it looks like that hamburger phone, I'm going to eat it any day, baby. Catch me off the mic. Yeah, Doc. Something's wrong with my ass. It looks like a hamburger phone. <laughs> Can you get these sesame seeds out my cheeks? <laughs> There's a squiggly telephone no, cord where my taint was, Doc. No. Cut him off. Time. Do you see a lot of asses with American cheese in them? or? But you all cheddar. <laughs> I keep getting a busy signal, doctor. What does it mean? 
We are ending this episode now. <laughs> we end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation. Who can find the fastest connection between Elliot Page and the star next week's episode, Catherine Hahn? Just let me play her daughter, please. Or like her long lost sister. Or maybe like a younger her. Oh my god, can you? But then I wouldn't get to be like with her. And no. I just like You don't know what the movie is. Maybe I want her to hold me. I just want her to hold me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have it, but I'm no fucking I'm the way. Host. Yeah. yeah no. so. Wait, when did that happen? When on. did the host not do it? I don't know. Always I, Josh. I it was a spoken rule. Let me just get my ducks in a row before I'm saying some bullshit. Ah, who the fuck am I trying to get to? Catherine Hall. <laughs> <laughs> finally got it elliot page is in whip it with Kristen wick who is in anchorman 2 with will ferrell who is in Step Brothers with katherine hahn i did it good job that's a word that's it for this week's episode of when cinephiles attack as always we'd love if you took a moment and liked subscribe and rate us on apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at whencinephilesattack at gmail.com. From Mella. My booty holes got dial up. Sesame Sea booty bun. Dude. Why? <laughs> Why? I want to go to bed. <laughs> oh Lock them up. Lock them up. Someone's sleeping on the couch tonight. Let me tell you. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm putting the uh, dial-up sound effect. No. <laughs> no. Sing them out, Rashawn. And the grass is the green, and the green is the snow, and the snow is the rain, and the rain hey. is the cloud. Uh, and my I name am is Juno. The rain. Uh, I my am name the is cloud. Juno. <laughs> my name is Juno. <laughs> 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 <laughs>